This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Good afternoon. You're now listening to Resource Centre. I'm Roshan Kanesan. Under Blanjwan 2023, an additional 40 million ringgit has been allocated to the Malaysia Co-Investment Fund, more not commonly known as MySIF. And this is to further enhance the liquidity of both equity crowdfunding and peer-to-peer markets in a bid to better serve the financing needs of this important segment of the economy, or at least folks who are using these facilities in that segment of the economy. Today on the show, we're taking a closer look at P2P financing and the MySIF facility, including the why, how and when SMEs and social enterprises should tap into this for their financing and working capital needs. Helping me with this conversation is Chai Ken Pun, Country Head of Funding Societies Malaysia. KP, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? Uh, great. Thanks Thanks for having us, Roshan. Always a pleasure to be here. Now, KB, before we go any further, I want to set a little bit of context here for those who may not have heard of P2P financing. Um, who would you say uh, P2P financing is for and maybe how does it work? Yep. So peer-to-peer financing, uh, the industry as a whole is set up to complement existing banks or FIs to provide financing access to uh, businesses, generally micro, small and medium businesses. Uh, who are currently not very well served or underserved by the existing FIs for, uh, for various reasons. Uh, and usually the sort of financing that's given out through the industry uh, is usually smaller ticket, shorter tenor, and more flexible in nature. So for instance, most of the segments that come to us are small micro businesses who obtain their first business financing from funding societies. Uh, small businesses who get plain vanilla term loan from existing FIs. Uh, We top them up with a flexible credit facility. And lastly, larger or medium businesses who already have bank facility, but they basically come come to us for top-up financing or to bridge uh, certain financing that they have arranged, but it takes a bit of time to disperse. Right. So how does P2P financing work then? So essentially, we provide credit facility to businesses. They can apply uh, with funding society, for instance, via various channels, whether digitally through our partners, or we do have a current sales source that will be able to reach out to them. Uh, We have a set of requirements depending on the sort of products that they want. Uh, And once they provide us the necessary documents or information from partner, we'll then do our credit assessment. And after we gone through the process, uh, SMEs, credit-worthy SMEs that we think will be able to make repayment to investors over time, we will actually stand on our platform for investors to fund. So I think one key difference is that uh, versus banks, uh, P2P is basically financed by retail, high net worth institutional investors versus banks who basically use CASA or deposits to fund these MSMEs. Yeah, I wanted to highlight that because at the end of the day, there are two sides of this equation. There's one, there's the investment side mm-hmm. where people are essentially um, funding those financing facilities, right? And you are just bridging those gaps there as opposed to, as you said, banks are using savings and current mm-hmm. accounts. Um, now, under Blanjuan 2023, 40 million ringgit has been allocated for MySIF as a matching fund to support alternative funding methods, including P2P financing. Uh, this makes the accumulated funds up to 300 million ringgit. Talk to us a little bit about how important this additional funding is to support ECF and P2P markets. But because you're a P2P player, talk to us a little bit about how uh, important this has been to support the P2P markets. 
Yep. No, I think I think MySafe has been an excellent initiative. I think in the earlier years, uh, where the industry is starting to uh, grow and and get better awareness among the, the the market in general, it really helps to provide the necessary funding for MSMEs to raise uh, funds through our platforms. And I think the other bit that it did very well is basically as a form of uh, catalytic funding to crowd in other sort of institutional investors. So I think MySeaf is probably the first institutional investor for the industry in general. But over time, we see more and more uh, institutional investors who are beginning to dip their toes uh, in this uh, in this investment product. And and frankly, institutional investors is key to enable the industry to scale. Now. The MySIF co-investment fund basically acts as a co-investor, um, as the name suggests, to help support the uh, the other facilities that you're providing. Tell us a little bit about the mechanics of how MySIF actually works and supports the P2P facilities. Yeah. So MySIF, I think when it was first set up during the briefing session by, by the relevant agencies, uh, I think in this case, SC, uh, who is basically running the, the program. Uh, there are two main key teams that they are looking at. Number one, their aim is to crowd in investors and not to crowd them out. So they will only participate once we are able to raise, say, 80% of the of the funding round, and then they will come in to complement the other 20%. The other thing is they, they are leveraging on the wisdom of the crowd. So they are not selective. They will basically participate in every investment notes that, that we managed to raise 80%, and then they will come in to complement the other 20%. Uh, so one is they will they will they enable access to funding. The other one they ensure that SMEs get their fund get their money in a more timely manner. Because once you reach eighty percent, they'll come in and fill the gap. Right. So basically, they're just co-investing in the twenty percent uh, that's left in a particular note. That's pretty much the role they play. Correct. So they they I think again going back to the two principles that so they are leveraging on wisdom of the crowd, and then the other thing is they are trying not to crowd out the, the private investors. Right. So at the same time, they're playing a little bit of a balance here. We want to support the ecosystem, but we don't want to be 50% of the note, for example. So, um, And this is a very similar situation with ECF as well. I think it's a four to one ratio right. in a similar way. Mm. Um, so with that in mind, then, as someone who's working in the space, tell us a little bit about how you think uh, MySafe improves the P2P experience or at least further benefits the, the players, the SMEs, the micro SMEs and the social enterprises versus that of a normal P2P financing program. Mm. Yeah, so so there are, there are three key areas. I think the first two uh, we have mentioned earlier, but I think a quick recap is basically they provide access to financing. So obviously they, they come in and participate in 20% of uh, the investment notes that we are able to raise 80%. The other thing is to speed up the whole funding process, right? Because instead of needing to wait until you get investor to fund 100%, you'll need to fund 80% and then they'll be able to come in to fill in the remaining of the gap. I think the third piece is actually very important and I do... I think from a personal point of view, I do see the fund evolving over time. Uh, so they obviously started off with a more general scheme when they will do four to one, uh, so similar to ECF. But I think as time goes, they start looking into certain specific segments that mm. they want to develop. So for instance, they come up with a social enterprise program where social enterprises who meet the requirement of the various platform will get a larger uh, funding amount. So it will be a one-to-one. 
Wow. Okay. So, uh, do we have any other ratios for uh, other subsectors? Yeah. So, re- more recently, they also launched a specific program for agriculture-related MSMEs. So, in line with the whole national agenda. So, for those, they also get a better, uh, a higher matching ratio. Uh, so these are some of the things that they have started to look into, basically developing segments that they feel they want to put a bit more attention to. Right. Um, now, maybe a little bit of a broader question here before we go into a few messages. Um, what What is P2P financing typically used for, whether backed by myself or not? Uh, could you give us some examples to illustrate the different ways this kind of financing can help SMEs and social enterprises? Yeah. So there are two there are two key reasons usually. One is essentially uh, for business expansion. So you basically use it uh, to let's say invest in a certain machinery, uh, and with new machinery you can produce more goods, inventories, and then you can increase your sales. The other key reason is basically to to fill in the short term cash flow gap. So for instance, uh, a supplier who supplies to a bigger supermarket they won't get paid uh, cash immediately. Usually they need to give a 60 and 90 days credit terms. And that's where they come to us to get an advances against the invoices for a short period of time. So when their buyers pay them, they will repay us. And so this gives them a healthy cash flow to for them to continue sustaining or growing their business. Because at the end of the day, it is about cash flow for business. Um, a lot of business runs on credit, so your ability to continue to pay other people relies on your ability to access credit itself. Uh, folks, I've been speaking with Chai Ken Pun, Country Head of Funding Societies Malaysia, and we've been talking about P2P financing and MySIF, that's the Malaysia Co-Investment Fund, uh, with a focus on the why, how and when SMEs and social enterprises should tap into this for their financing and working capital needs. I'm Roshan Kanesan, keep it here to BFM 89.9, the business station. Bring Fourth Malaysia, BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Welcome back to Resource Centre. I'm Roshan Kanesan and today I've been speaking with Chai Ken Poon, Country Head of Funding Societies Malaysia. And we've been talking about P2P financing and MySIF, that's the Malaysia Co-Investment Fund. Among other things, we've got to focus on the why, the how and the when SMEs and social enterprises should tap into this financing facility for their working capital needs, among other things. Um, KP, there are obviously requirements when you want to go and tap into these kind of facilities. Uh, give, us a, give us a sense of what the requirements are, whether you're an SME, a micro SME or social enterprises in order to fulfill the criteria to utilize MySIF. I think the beauty of this program is that there is no separate application that is required. So as long as you have gone through application process uh, from one of the 11 uh, operators out there and they have actually approved the application and is willing to put you on their platform for funding, MySIF can come in. So there isn't really a special requirement that you need to do to, to participate in this program. Uh, but having said that, I think for the social enterprise one, you actually need to be accredited with one of the main agencies. Uh, so that one, there's a bit of requirement. Uh, but other than that, it's really going back to the own platform's credit assessment criteria. So for us, I think we serve various products and there are certain products that we only require bank statements uh, and of course the identity of the company and the uh, directors. So typically uh, from a regulator's perspective for P2P financing facilities, what are the baseline requirements that every or all of the 11 players need to fulfill in order to be able to have someone on their platform? 
Yeah, so I think there there are several things. I think first one that all regulated uh, entities have to do, uh, not just us, uh, even even banks. So we have to do uh, KYC, so know your customers, and we have to do the various AMLA uh, um, check to ensure that the businesses are alleged businesses they are operating properly. I think the second piece essentially is the credit uh, credit assessment criteria because ultimately we need to uh, we, we will be helping the investors to make credit assessment. And once we are comfortable, we actually put it on our platform. And, and I think it's very important to get that piece right because I think financial industry is essentially a trust-based industry. So I think once you, uh, once the investor lose the confidence, that's where I think things won't go very well. I think the the third piece, and, and this is arguably, I would say, is one of the most important piece, is really disclosure to investors. I think you need to provide the investors with the necessary information uh, for them to make an informed decision. So for instance, all the f- uh, financing or investment notes that funding societies put on our platform, we will actually accompany it with a simple two-pager fact sheet to give inform- information to the investors. So you're doing a lot of the uh, processing here, right? Uh, but there are certain do- documents, as you mentioned earlier, so a bank statement being a key uh, common denominator among others. Um, aside the bank statement and the KYC that you do, are there any other processes to get this financing or any other particular supporting documents that uh, social enterprises and SMEs should be aware of? Yeah. Actually, on our end, uh, we try to make the process more seamless for MSMEs because, uh, I mean, from, from our understanding, one of the key reasons why MSMEs are not able to tap the more traditional FIs to access financing is basically around documentation. So I think what we do here is, uh, one is we try to find sort of the other alternative sources that we can leverage on to sort of uh, complement our credit assessment process. So for instance, we work with a lot of partners. So MSMEs or social enterprises that are currently transacting or are customers of our partners, they can actually tap on to some of those programs to provide alternative data uh, for instance, uh, Foodpanda, mm. uh, the merchant's transaction data on the platform for us to do credit assessment uh, in, in addition to the bank statements that they'll provide to us. Uh, but I think, of course, there are sort of MSMEs that are a bit more traditional that sort of fall outside of this ecosystem. That's where uh, we are also able to accept more traditional documents like three-year audited accounts, your aging list, your statement of account, etc. But there are dynamic solutions or dynamic uh, ways to do this. And that is, as you mentioned, plugging into um, platforms that if you're doing business on that. So there's a bit of live data there for you as well. Um, now, KP, uh, nothing in life is free. So uh, what kind of financing cost uh, should borrowers be uh, aware of? Yeah. So generally, uh, this goes back to, okay, I think for MySafe in general, so they will rely on the platform to do a credit assessment and to risk score and risk price accordingly. So they don't really uh, come in to interfere with the pricing. Uh, and I think generally for our sort of products, it's usually around 1% to 2%, uh, sorry, 1% to 1.5% per month in terms of the sort of profit rate or interest rate that we can charge. It, it is a bit higher than the traditional FIs, but I think given that ultimately it's funded by investors, there's sort of hurdle rate that they need to meet. And of course, uh, we are working hard to find the sort of lower cost of funding that can be channeled for these investors. Uh, that is the normal program. So MySafe will be a price taker, so to speak. 
Uh, but there are certain programs where MySafe is willing to sort of come in and lower the cost of financing. So for instance, social enterprises, they will actually waive the profit rate or interest rate requirement for the portion that they invest in. So that kind of subsidizes the entire rate? Yeah, so that subsidizes the cost of financing. So for instance, uh, for social enterprise program, MySafe can participate Pricey uh, will participate in 50% of the investment note. Mm. So essentially, you are only paying profit rate or interest rate on half of the financing that you have half gotten. Half of the investors there. So it really acts as a... So they just pre- pretty much just give uh, as a backstop or a liquidity provider and that's it, but for zero cost. Yeah, because I think most of the social enterprises, they may not be most profit There's an additional oriented. incentive there to push, yeah, right? exactly. Uh, now, of course, folks, um, if 1% to 1.5% is a bit higher, remember there are other options in the budget, including uh, BSN, which I, who I spoke to earlier today. Uh, Bank Sampana National's Jay Karel was on the show as well, talking about the various facilities that B, uh, Bank Sampana National has as well. So there are other options in Blanjuan 2023 to take a look at. So you want to catch that episode as well. Um, KP, we talked a little bit about the cost here. So 1% to 1.5% annualized that comes to around 18% per annum. Uh, but essentially, it's about the use. The use here, it's much shorter term, maybe one month use, that sort of thing. So you're looking at the interest cost as opposed to the effective interest rate. What is the typical tenure of these facilities and how often can businesses uh, utilize them? Yeah. Yeah, so so I think linking back to the previous question, uh, most of the financing given out by funding societies is short-term in Asia. So on average, is around six months, but it ranges between one month to 18 months. So I think 1% to 1.5% may sound a bit higher if you compare it to uh, banks. But for businesses, I think what they look at is what is my net increase in margin that I can get mm-hmm. if I utilize the financing. So for instance, uh let's say a trader, right? Every 30 days, they trade and each additional trade that they do, they earn additional 5%. So if they pay 1% to get a credit line from us, they make 5% on top. Yeah. So then it makes sense for them to use that. And, and and that's why for us, we are also focusing on the shorter tenor financing because the cost and the use case tends to be a bit out of sync if we start doing like longer tenor, like 48 months, uh, 60 months, for instance. Um. So short to 10 years here in general, short term working capital, among other things. Um, how often can businesses use them? Is there a limit to like the number of times they can go to you to tap into this facility? Yeah, so so we have, we have a few products. I think one of the key products that we have is basically credit facility, whether it's to pay for account payables or, or, or to bridge their uh, receivables. And we usually give them a credit line. And as and when they draw down and they make repayment, they can continuously uh, use the credit line. Uh, and we usually do a annual renewal to, mm. to make sure that the credit is still intact, the financial strength is still there to ensure that they are able to make payment to investors. Uh, for sort of our term finance product, usually they draw down once. Uh, they can reapply again after six months. And then we will we'll assess to see if their business growth uh, will justify the sort of additional financing that they request for. And many times we do see that uh, those who get financing from us, they do experience business growth. And, and that's why we are able to give them additional funding after that. As of 2022, MySafe has invested approximately 541 million ringgit in just under 35,000 P2P campaigns. Uh, based on your own platform so far, how has the take-up been for this financing this year? Generally, the sort of investment amount by MySafe uh, goes in parallel to the sort of disbursement that we make because mm. 
again, they will participate in a four to one ratio and, and they are uh, investment notes uh, agnostic or product agnostic. So it's across the board. Correct, correct. So so this year, I think our disbursement is on track and I think MySafe have, uh, have also... Uh, grown quite a bit. I, I think looking at the number this year, we have probably done around, uh, at this point of time, if I remember correctly, it's almost more than what we did last year. So definitely a good, good growth in that sense. KP, as we come to the close of this conversation, uh, are there any uh, you know final comments you want to say about MySafe, about the benefits it's done or anything that you'd like to see add on to the program going forward in its evolution? For sure. So I think I think the wish list for the industry uh, is basically for the fund to continue growing. And I think one, one very important fact is that uh, I think to date, if I recall correctly, the fund is actually uh, self-sustainable, which means that it's not a grant, but uh, basically it is earning a sort of uh, some amount that enables the fund to continue growing. And, and hopefully, given the track record that that it has shown, uh, I think the government will be willing to continue to put in more allocation to help more MSMEs. But at the same time, I think during our discussions uh, with with MySeef, uh, they have there are also intention for them to look at even more uh, segments that they can play a bigger part in. So, for instance, what are what are the target segments that uh, the government want to develop? What are the more underserved segments that we are currently not reaching out to enough? And and I think that's where the fund will be able to add even more value if they start looking into different segments. So, for instance, uh, can we do something for women-led businesses? Uh, besides agriculture, are we looking at other segments that uh, the, the government wants to develop? So, for instance, uh, manufacturing, the green economy, etc.? Now, if people want to learn more about MySafe, KP, where can they go? Uh, if they want to learn more about the program specifically, uh, I think SC holds a page on that. I think it's sc.com.my slash MySafe. Uh, all right, KP, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Thanks for joining me in the studio. Thanks. I've been speaking with Chai Kian Poon, Country Head of Funding Societies Malaysia, and we've been talking about P2P financing and MySIF, that's the Malaysia Co-Investment Fund, with a focus on the why, how, and when SMEs and social enterprises should tap into this for their financing and working capital needs. I'm Roshan Kanesan. Keep you here to BFM 89.9, the business station. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. For more stories of the same kind, Download the VFM app.